This episode is sponsored by Sayat in support of Campaign Against Living Miserably Mental Health Charity. Many of you will know Sayat as one of the leading, fastest growing car manufacturers in Europe. But what you may not know is that during the pandemic in 2020, Sayat donated a significant sum to Calm that was used to provide additional staff for Calm's helpline, which is operated by trained mental health professionals and provides support to those struggling with their mental well-being. During the pandemic, 9 in 10 people turned to their cars and went for a drive to manage their mental health. With this knowledge, Sayat took the initiative to install a mental health SOS sticker in the vanity mirror of every Sayat car, which included a QR code directing the user to Calm's website for helpful tips on ways to manage your mental health. The number for Calm's helpline is also there for those who needed it. Throughout 2020, all senior management at Sayat were also given mental health first aid training ensuring they can support anyone who contacts them who's struggling. These are huge steps forward that all companies, big and small, can take inspiration from. Like Take Flight, Sayat has supported Calm since 2018, so it's such a pleasure for all three of us to be able to collaborate this year for Mental Health Awareness Week. As part of this campaign, we created some special episodes for this podcast, as well as creating educational videos on practices that any of us can use to boost our mood and manage our mental health. To view these videos or learn more about the practices, or anything Sayat, Calm and I are creating, follow at Sayat UK, at Sayat underscore UK underscore media, at Calm Zone, and follow me at Mark Whittle underscore TF on your social media channel of choice. Our relationship with our mental health is a lifelong journey. Where are you on yours? So when I get there, I'm just able to smile and enjoy myself, which is what a lot of times people are almost freaked out about how confident I look in that moment but I'm just genuinely enjoying I love just being in that element so trying to alleviate as many different stresses as possible so when I get there I can enjoy it as much as possible welcome back to season 12 of take flight I'm your host Mark Whittle and this season is all about life lessons for the next few weeks we'll be hearing the biggest lessons our guests have learned on their journeys So come the end of the season, we'll have had an incredibly comprehensive education from experts who are the best in the world at what they do, who have been there, seen it, conquered and returned to tell the story. From entrepreneurs to artists and actors to brain surgeons, we'll hear it all. Subscribe on your platform of choice to be the first to hear new episodes. This week, I'm so excited to share that the guest for episode 113 of Take Flight is Michael Venom-Page, or MVP. MVP is possibly the greatest fighter, period, in the world and certainly the best mixed martial artist in the world right now. This is largely down to his unique style of fighting, which often leads to the most devastating knockouts seen in the octagon. With each fight that goes by, clips of his acrobatic knockouts go viral as the world is exposed to someone who performs combinations that were once only thought possible on a computer game. When MVP is in the octagon, he is the ultimate showman, the ultimate performer, the confident aggressor, even with an air of arrogance. But what I learned from this conversation is that outside the octagon, he is incredibly respectful, humble, and so articulate. He was a joy to be with. From a family of fighters, MVP was one of 10, with nine siblings and parents who were both martial art instructors. He worked harder than anyone else to be where he is now. And I hope this episode shines a light on all that isn't typically seen of those who reach the highest heights. Shout out to my brother Jamal who connected Mike and I and made this happen as it's one of my favourite moments so far on this Take Flight journey. Welcome to Life Lessons from a Fighter with Michael Venom-Page. Enjoy. 
Mike, welcome to the Take Flight <laughs> Podcast. Man, thank you for having me, man. Pleasure. Thank you for having me, mate. Yeah. We're in your, this is your temporary living room. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I've been looking forward to speaking with you. So I've been with, we're saying earlier with Jamal, uh, training in Brixton. Yeah. You go down there sometimes? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love those guys on there, man. Mm. Ben is uh, <laughs> amazing, you know, what he's kind of put together for the guys over there. But then what he does as well, he's a camera wizard as well. So mm. we do some work, yeah. work with him there. So yeah, it's a great, great team down there. Nice. And uh, you were saying you've been training today already? What was that yeah, here? yeah. <laughs> it's been intense. Um, again, obviously, with what's, what's, what's going on, it, it, training has kind of got me through. And fortunately, we've been allowed to continue training through this time. Our gym's been classed as an elitist gym. So only the guys that are like professionals that are actually training to, you know, um, perform later are the ones that are still able to train. But it's, it's, it's a breath of fresh air every day. Mm-hmm. But it's been intense. Yeah. <laughs> but good for us. How much have you been training then? Uh, it's nonstop. So um, usually twice a day, depending. Obviously, when we're getting closer, the, the, the sessions are a bit more intense, um, but shorter. Yeah. Um, and my legs are just, my legs are feeling it. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're the ones screaming. It'd be like, <laughs> so only when you have to do simple stuff, you're walking up the stairs to go somewhere, you're just like, wow, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stairs yeah. here. <laughs> so sitting on the toilet one yeah. for me. Like, <laughs> can't oh, get back up. I'm telling you, man, you just, like, just enjoy the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so what like specifically, and if you could talk a little bit about the fight that's coming up as well. Yeah. So yeah. what specifically are you doing like today? What were they actually having you, you do? Uh, we did a lot of, we did a lot of fitness. Um, again, a bit more shorter rounds. It's about kind of um, high intensity, but in shorter spaces. I did some sparring today as well. I probably got one more session of sparring. And it's more, as we're closing in on our opponent, it's more specific to the opponent I'm going to be fighting, mm-hmm. which is uh, Derek Anderson. On, on on May fifth, on May sorry, on on May seventh, and um, you know we we as a bit further away from the fight, you're you're almost allowed to get away with uh, mistakes. When I say mistakes, it's almost trying things uh, during your spa, and then we us figuring out whether now nah, we don't want to use that. Yeah, we can use that. Yeah, that's good. Let's tighten that up a bit. Mm-hmm. And obviously now we're getting closer to it. It's I'm only I have to execute everything that's you know specific to this guy. Mm-hmm. So me throwing anything wayward is like, no, cut, do it again, do it again, do it again. So you just mm. want it to be drilled into your, huh. to, into your, just your subconscious. So when I get in there, it's not me thinking about anything. I already know what to expect and I already know how, you know, the movement that's going to, that I need to kind of uh, look for on the openings that I need to look for, the openings I need to create. Uh, and yes, yeah, just very detailed stuff mm. now. And then obviously being able to be fit enough to, to, to do that as well. That's interesting because then when you hear about fighters whose opponent changes at the last minute, yeah, like kind of the last couple of weeks in <laughs> really specific training, yeah, a lot of people um, with that those kind of last minute changes think it's only um, you know uh, it's, it's it's beneficial for the person that has been training for that long. So obviously, yes, in terms of fitness, depending on where they are in the camp, but most of us train throughout anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as intense, but most of us train throughout. So their fitness should be relatively okay and then that last couple of weeks is just a case of them just getting their fitness mm-hmm. up um but for us again it's just completely changing everything so yes we are fit fit and ready but if they're a very different style fighter it makes it a bit more complicated mm-hmm. so 
um, you've got a lot, you've got to change a lot and all these habits that you've just created, you've got to try and break <laughs> down in that, you know, let's say a couple of weeks out from the fight, you've got yeah. to try and completely turn around and, and, and change. So it's yeah. difficult for both sides. Are you looking forward to the fight? Oh man, I can't, I can't wait to get back in there. I, I, I love being under the lights. I love uh, putting on a show. That's just kind of like part of my personality that just shines through my fighting style. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anytime I get to, to fight, I'm, I'm excited, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Can we go back to, well, tell me if I'm right, first of all, from my research, you had nine siblings. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah, yeah. So um, with my, under my dad, um, he had seven. Yeah. And my mum adopted three later. So for me, I've got, got quite a few, there's quite a few of us. Yeah. Um, so how many would be in the household at one time? It was weird because my, my old, elder siblings uh, had moved to America. So they're over there. So again, that's another reason why I'm always excited to go over to America and fight because I get to see them directly after. And I'm usually over there like three, four times a year. And because of what's going on, I haven't had a chance to see them. So that, that's kind of making this fight even more exciting because it's almost like a celebration straight after I get to go and see my family again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some of them are over there. Some of them are over here, but we're not all in the same household. Mm. But um, I we're in contact with each other all the time, speak to each other all the time. We're, just, we're very close. Amazing. Like, what, what did, I've got a younger brother. Uh, He's my best friend. Like, what did it do for you having that many siblings? For me, it was great because um, uh, just every weekend, although my mum and dad weren't together, I got to, we we're obviously spending uh, a lot of time with them. They're very, they were very great uh, as co-parents. Um, so I get to go and see uh, my siblings every weekend. That was just a thing that we, uh, you know, I just, I know I'm going to go and see them. And then we train together. So that's why for me, kickboxing, when I was doing it from young, meant so much because it was something that I was doing with people that mm. I loved and care about. So it, I've always been really good with anything like body movement wise. So other sports I've picked up and done really well at and just never, kind of like jack of all trades, I never really stuck at anything outside of like the kickboxing because it just meant so much. Mm. I even remember my dad used to tell me, like, no, none of you guys have to fight or compete. Don't think I'm forcing you to fight. We have to train. So training was like school. So that's not that's a non-negotiable. You have to train, but you don't have to fight. And he'd always tell it tell us like he just randomly just throw, throw it in there. And we're like, we love fighting. Oh, what are you talking mm. about like no one's complaining over here. So, <laughs> um, but it, yeah, martial arts has always been a part of my life. And again surrounded by my loved ones so i love it yeah so you carried that with you still today yeah 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 so again a lot of a lot of my siblings that was my younger brother uh Kalon, he um he still trains and coaches so he kind of went down the road uh, kind of that route of more coaching and stuff and he'll come down to the london street gym and stuff every now and again and mm. you know put 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 his work to the test <laughs> and he, he always he always shocks people man because he's, he's, he's really good and my oldest my older brother as well actually started a gym in america uh, my sister's still training. She actually trains at American Top Team, but not to fight, okay. um, just to kind of stay in shape. But we've it's just in us to, yeah. to just kind of stay in shape. And uh, my brother's now more kind of drifted to like basketball, again, more to stay in, in shape. Um, and my younger siblings used to do it, but then they're, they're now rugby. And my sister's kind of a bit more of a creative, so she's, doing, she's into kind of like photography and stuff as well okay. now. So um it's, yeah, everyone's kind of, but we've all, we, our base has always been like the, the kickboxing. Yeah, a talented household does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, but it's good. Like it's, um we always say it's, a lot of people kind of misunderstand like learning martial arts at such a young age in terms of they're like, oh yeah, no, but my, you know, my son or my daughter is a bit too aggressive. I don't want to give it to them. 
And I say like, uh, I think it's, uh, I believe it's Sweden or Switzerland somewhere. They actually give their children knives and stuff at a very young age and teach them how to use it as a tool. Mm -hmm. And then they have the lowest knife crime later on because Mm. they don't associate knives with an attacking weapon. You see what I mean? You've actually trained them to understand that this is a tool that we use for X, Y, Z over here. And I think it's the same thing. We're showing them, you're not just giving them uh, tools to punch and kick somebody else, but also giving them the respect and the discipline and uh, just the so, so many, like even the social skills that you get to, that come with learning martial arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, that's what's important about, you know, I, I'm I'm massively trying to push to get like martial arts and stuff in school, in a school system, because I think it does help. You learn so much and it does help you with, you know, um, going into, he- heading into life later. Mm-hmm. And it's not about just the, uh, the, uh, the attacking and defending. Yes, it's great to be able to uh, defend yourself. Um, and it's not just, people think you're just giving a weapon to somebody that's crazy. Mm-hmm. No, I think you, you, you learn so much about yourself when you do it. So interesting because it's almost learning the right time to use it, mm-hmm. you know, the right time to have a fight, yep. which a lot of the messages that come from like martial arts is it's in the gym. Yeah. Right. Unless it has to be outside of the gym. Exactly. Exactly. I was, my, my parents put me into martial arts at a very young age for the same thing. I think mostly just to get rid of me for an hour and a half. (laughs) But like all that pent up energy is somewhere as well. And, and I suppose as a parent, I've just had my my first child, a daughter. She's nine months now, but congrats. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, That tires me out as well. Um, I guess part of it is you want them to be able to look after themselves yes. if something happens. Yes, well. yes, a hundred percent. It's more. A lot of people, uh, again, we used to have to learn self-defense uh, training and stuff as well. And I, I used to uh, uh, take seminars for that as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, attackers look unintentionally, and again, a lot of times, subconsciously, will look at certain mannerisms and deem you as somebody that I can attack. And so, so a lot of the times it's not necessarily the fact that you've got the tools and so on and so forth uh, that, you know, that helps you. It's also your confidence, hmm. your, your, your persona changes when you feel confident that you can defend yourself. Therefore, people looking at you are less likely to want to attack you just mm-hmm. because of your walk is different. Your your yeah. your, your, head, your walk with your head high. And yeah. it's usually those guys that look vulnerable and look kind of timid are the ones that, yeah, okay, that's a bit of a target. And again, it can happen anywhere, don't get me wrong. And it can happen even when you are, you, you do appear confident, but a lot of the time it is, you know, it's the way you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. And again, martial arts helps you build that kind of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Because the same message applies to, well, from the street to the boardroom. Yeah. Yeah. To the octagon, like what well, you know, everywhere. That, that body, the posture, and that's kind of like how you hold yourself. Exactly. Yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So good. I'd love to talk a little bit more about your parents because they were mm-hmm. both martial artists. Yeah. So, yeah. so we talk a lot on this podcast about purpose mm-hmm. or destiny or dharma or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Given that your parents are both martial artists, was it yeah. your destiny or do you feel like it is to be a fighter? Not necessarily. And like I say, like my other siblings didn't necessarily go into it. Some of them are still in it. Some of them aren't. Um, for me, I just, it's just something that I was always, not always good at. It took, it took a while, but I was good at, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I don't believe it's, it was my purpose, but obviously being surrounded by it a lot, um, it was something, like I said, I stuck at. I've always, like, it's a weird one. For me, movement has always been a, like a really uh, important thing to me that like I've picked up on. Mm. So when I was younger, I used to, to love dancing. 
yeah that hasn't changed but um music just took me to in fact i think that my mom said the first uh track i think i, was, I can't remember how young i was baby baby she saw me sitting there when i was able to sit upright uh and humming um bad from michael jackson and nice. I'm just, just there just doing it myself like just rocking away and she's like oh, this kid but i've always I've always been into to dance and movement, but like I love that kind of side of things. So I knew whatever it was I would, would have done, it would have been in something where I was able to express myself from my body. Um, but again, the one thing I stuck at, and I think because it had the association with my of my family, it kind of led me to kind of continue. Um, in the kickboxing, I, I, I've done so much in the kickboxing and just felt like it, it felt very repetitive. I was fighting the same people over and over again. I just, I wanted more and I wanted to be able to do it for a living and where, where, where the kickboxing style that I was in uh, prior to that, you couldn't really do so. You had to, you had to be more, um, you had to teach basically. So I was doing a lot of, uh, running a lot of classes and so on and so forth. But I was like, now nah, this is not, as much as I enjoy teaching, that's not what I wanted to do. Something that obviously if I wanted to, I could fall back on later. But at that time, I'm like, nah, I want to do something yeah. with like, but, but compete in front of people. Um, and that was quite, when I kind of, was making a decision whether I was going to go to the boxing, maybe more full contact uh, kickboxing, or maybe more um, the mixed martial arts. And I decided to go down that way. I'd love to talk a little bit more about that decision later. But yeah. interesting you say about the movement. Yeah. It's, it's you know, I was saying earlier about doing this campaign with Sayat, creating some, mm -hmm. some stuff on four ways. It's, it's to manage mental health, really, but it's, okay. it's, it's not really specific to that. It's just about life. And yeah. one of the parts we're doing is about movement. Okay. And like our movement's ancient. Yeah. It's been around as long as we have. Yeah. But so many of us today subscribe to like a sedentary lifestyle of sitting at a desk all day mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then and then just swapping chairs basically yeah. sit downstairs <laughs> yeah. and watch TV. Yeah. So um it's so good to hear, man, that that's one of the things that kept you in it for so long. Like what would you say to people who don't move as much as they perhaps should do? Well, as much as you say, look, look it's it's just part of our whole being. You you have to do just as much as it might be tiring, you know, you had a long day at work and so on, you know, having to get up and go and do it. But it's important to do, just find whatever it is and do some form of movement every day. Um, well, it could be yoga classes, it could be Pilates, mm -hmm. it could be um, dance classes, it could be, you know, spinning, it could whatever. There's so many different options out there nowadays. There's, there's no excuses for anybody really. And the time uh, factor is usually the one everyone kind of jumps to, but mm -hmm. there's always a way to do it. Like I said, even if it's not a class, um, just get up in the morning a bit earlier and do a light jog, Do just do something. You know what I mean? There's, look how many, look, the thing that we were doing over the lockdown is everybody was doing their little YouTube classes mm -hmm. and everyone stuck at home doing those things. But why wasn't that important to you when you had your everyday life? That should have been the same thing. Getting up, doing that same class and because they were all online, <laughs> I feel like you could type in anything on YouTube and, and, and find it. So there's, it's, there's, there really is no excuses. So mm -hmm. I think it's just important to just kind of make it a part of your lifestyle yeah it's huge and part of that exploration of figuring out what you enjoy is mm -hmm. is actually some of the best part of it right oh, trying the different things 100 uh, percent. Like, like i've done everything but again i'm <laughs> i'm an active person I, I i knew i couldn't be that person that was behind a desk i i, I can't do it i'm too too fidgety <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah but i swim in i used to ski yeah. skateboarding football american football rugby like anything that was out there i would want to try you know what I mean? And even now, like, I find myself thinking, like, what haven't I done? Let me go and try that. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about 
because I loved that man and I was similar to you and football was the sport that I was good at. Mm -hmm. So then as much as I just loved football, like I knew I was better at that. So mm. I was pulled to do that more. Mm -hmm. So was it the same thing with you? You know, you did so many sports, mm -hmm. but were you, and I know you talked about having that pull to fight in because of your family and mm. having that environment around mm. you, but were you also naturally good at it? No, not really. Uh, I, weird enough, I was... For, for for many years, I actually remember for for about a four year period going to competitions with my siblings and the rest of my like my external external family I call them because like we were together all the time. Um, we're going, we're driving up to Manchester, we're going down to driving to Birmingham, we're going to Scotland, flying to Ireland, we're doing this, we're doing that, all these different competitions, and I was getting my ass handed to me every single time. And having to watch my siblings come back and their their medals around their necks, like cling, 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 cling. Everyone's <laughs> talking about the fight and what they've done. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I just got like smacked up. <laughs> but um, like I said, I, I stayed in it just because I enjoyed the whole journey. Like us traveling together, being together, cracking jokes on the bus journey or on the on the flight over, and just the whole experience. It was more, it was more than just that that final result um that whole experience meant a lot just being with everybody so i would never have stopped it you know what i mean regardless i actually wasn't that good at it at that particular point but i just i would never have stopped and i think that being in it all the time i eventually learned um there was one point where i realized i, I managed to just about qualify to go to what we call the, the us open it's the iska world championship so i'd managed to just qualify and um no one was expecting anything of me it was just kind of like man congratulations I, you, at least that's something to be proud of mm -hmm. uh and i get there and for don't know what it was something that day i was i think i was, about, I was just turned 12 something that day just clicked and every punch and kick that come i felt like i could just see everything and i was, I was anticipating everything really well i was countering i was landing shots i was doing all this and it was just like one fight after the other i just kept winning kept winning kept winning and the way they did the over there they had like uh seeded fighters but because they have their own kind of like uh courses and um competitions over there there was a lot of seeded fighters and i remember my my, my dad like yeah because i had you know i'd fought five times and my dad's like yeah i'm sure you're, you're probably in about the semi-finals or something now and then the the referee would be like okay bring over the seeded fighters and you just see a load of kids come over and they're just like oh jesus <laughs> fought again it happened about three times and then my dad literally was just like, mate, just keep fighting until you get, until they say you've won or something. Um, and then they brought over, uh, was, they, they, when I came on the mat one time, they the referee said, okay, this is the semifinals. And I was like, oh, geez. I won that, got to the final. It was a very tight fight. Won that. I was like, oh, it's, I'm a world champion. And it came from nothing. As in, I put in a lot of work, but a lot of that work was me just get being hit, mm. being kicked, being punched, <laughs> not avoiding anything. And then, like I said, that day, for some reason, it all came together, started winning, won a world world title, came back and I was a completely different person. So again, like I said, for four years, going to competitions and not getting placed anywhere, then just about qualifying, I think I got a third that, that allowed me to qualify, being, you know, the person that's, Definitely not supposed to win this one, you know. He done well to get here. <laughs> Winning the the world championship. When I came back, and again, something was just different. For a year, all the kids that were beating me, I was destroying. Like, wiping them up in a completely different fashion. 
um, like like I was possessed by something else, came back destroyed. And I begged my dad, I was like, can I, can I fight in the adult section? Now the adults start at 18 and I was just turned 13. And yeah, because we, we used to spar a lot of the adults together. And we, obviously they know you're, you're young. So they try to pull back on the power and so on and so forth. So I'm, I had that hunger. My dad was kind of like, ah, like as a coach, I know you're capable. As a dad, I really don't want you to be fighting guys 18 and up. Well, you know, we'll see. So uh, he put me in for one competition and I think it's probably the worst one he put me in for because at the end of this competition, all of the winners of the different weights went into an open weight and then you could fight again. So I managed to win my first adult section but it was in a competition where it now qualifies you for something else. So I'm looking at my dad like, like <laughs> um, and he's like, it's very different fighting people relative to your weight that are adults, but now fighting people that are not your weight and adults, he's like, no, nah, I don't, I don't really want you to do it. I was begging him for ages and he's like, all right, cool. Uh, he's like, but as soon as if I see anything off, I'm pulling you out. I said, yeah, no problem. Um, and I got all the way to the finals and lost to a guy in the final, but it was quite controversial. Mm. Um, basically, uh, long story, the guy that I was fighting, his teammates were the referees. Mm. <laughs> um, it just, it, and it's one of those things that happens. It just kind of happens in, in, in the game because everything's <laughs> quite close. But um, there was no way they're letting this 13 year old be, yeah. win like the open championship. And um, uh, so I got silver, but then I start like from there, my dad's like, fine, you, you again just keep mm-hmm. keep going and literally just taking out adults just mm-hmm. like uh ended up fighting for the england team um and being the youngest person ever to fight at that age for the for the england squad uh we got third uh but just it just i just went from strength to strength from there but there was a period where yeah this is probably not going to be for you <laughs> that's really humbling to hear i think for people as well like you don't always have to be the best to enjoy what you're doing like nah. you, you're enjoying the camaraderie and being around people 100 percent. the thing that really stuck out to me which is that moment where you said it clicked and mm. you said you didn't really know what it was that clicked. Mm. If you if you did know what it was that clicked, how would you explain it? Like what happened to change things? Um, like I said, I've, I've gone in there almost knowing I'm not supposed to, 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 to do well. But for me, I think it's just the speed of everything. Everything slowed down and it's hard to, it's hard to really kind of explain because it feels like you're, you're talking some matrix talks you're like mm-hmm. no <laughs> no stopping bullets but it really did feel like that because imagine going from people throwing punches and kicks and you're kind of you're, you're doing your best to move away but still getting hit but people you sometimes you forget how much you're registering i used to sit down and watch other people's fights as well so i'm very observant as well but there's so much you're registering even when things are going wrong for you and for an example is uh, a guy that's had like, you know, I don't know, 20, 30 fights. Maybe he hasn't got the best record, but he's still 20, 30 fights in that space. So a lot of the times you get these like um these underdogs winning fights and they're like, well, look at his record. Are you sure that's, that's not supposed to happen? But of course it can happen because he's very experienced. Mm-hmm. As, as Regardless, he's not, he's not the best at what he's doing at current. But he's seen a lot and he's been in a lot of scenarios and that in that experience can help to take you a long way. Do you know what I mean? And that's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. I, I've been in a lot of ex- situations where uh, when it came down to that 
moment when I needed it, it for some reason happened for me where again, it slowed down and I was like, I've been here before. Punches are coming off, getting, I've adjusted, I've landed a shot, kicks, I've blocked it, I've landed a shot, like just kept, just, it literally felt slow for me. Hmm. Um, and then I almost found myself just staying in that, in that kind of phase for, for a long, for a long time after that. Hmm. Um, but like I said, four years, especially as a kid as well, kids are, I think more so nowadays, but they're not as um, persistent with training. It's like when it gets hard and stuff, I just remember watching all the, the old school Kung Fu films and guys sitting there and horse dance <laughs> getting whipped and this and that and that. <laughs> it wasn't as bad for us, but that whole perseverance thing was kind of taught through us for watching those type of movies. Yeah. Whereas now you see one, like you can watch a, <laughs> a clip, you see them, you know, they, they talk about how hard they trained and it's like four years later and straight away they're, they're amazing. And people missed that. That was four years yeah stuff was actually happening i find a lot of those movies don't even show the training processes as much anymore mm-hmm. it's very short short-lived so you want to get to the action bit yeah. but that i used to love watching like for me jackie chan at the time doing all these different uh training drills and how he had to do this and his coach just putting him through this through his paces so i was like okay and then mm. eventually he, he he got there and i think that that persistence is important that's amazing to hear man that's so good to hear because also what you're saying is the experience of the fights and that doesn't have to be a fight in a ring like for people who are listening who aren't a fighter Mm -hmm. your fights could be confrontation in a meeting or falling out with someone or and just having the i suppose it's courage to go through it and get up and go again and get up and go again yeah i heard an amazing story when um you used to go to these competitions and it was probably in your earlier days when Mm. you weren't winning all the time yeah yeah and you, you mentioned there as well, you used to sit and you'd watch. Yeah. So that experience of viewing as an observer, viewing a fight mm. away from it as well. Like mm-hmm. how important was that? Massively important. And I started doing things slightly unorthodox and not in terms of my style, but what I would do is I'd see somebody's fighting style and everyone's different. Everyone expresses themselves slightly different. I always say like uh, me and you could train, start training exactly the same time do exactly the same amount of training sessions and learn exact from the same instructor, but your personality will bring a certain way that you'd punch differently to the way I'd punch. So mm-hmm. we've done everything exactly the same, but we fight two, two completely different ways. You've taken to a certain move that I haven't taken to. And I'm like, now nah, I'm more suited to this. So I'm, I, you know, I, I prefer that and you prefer this. And then all of a sudden we look like two completely different fighters. Mm-hmm. So what I used to do is I'd watch somebody's style and then go home and try and mimic that. So I had to learn how to move the way that they move just to see what, 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 what were they seeing? Like literally trying to put myself in their shoes. And obviously you get hit a lot cause it's not comfortable fighting a way that you don't move, yeah. but I learned loads. So again, watching people was very important for me simply cause I wanted to go back and replicate them. And it'll be in the gym. So I get and hit and punch and kicked in the gym didn't really mean anything because you're not winning anything. So I'd go and I'd try this and then I'd try that and I'd try this and I'd act like this and I'd act like that. And then you learn a lot about those. And it's all the top fighters at the time. So I'd be looking at all the, some of the best fighters at the time. And I'm just trying to replicate. I'm like, why do they fight like that? What are they seeing? What are they doing? And I used to see things and um, it just like certain things would come. I'm like, wow, okay, I like that. So then it just made my style. I was able to shift and change during fights, which made me that much harder to beat. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of people, once they find themselves, that's it. Now, if I can, if I figure out what your attributes are and then I can work my counters and stuff towards that, then it's, it's going to be very hard to beat me. But if, as I do that, you shift and change again, it's like, ah, damn it, I got to figure it out again during the fight. So for me, it's like, it's a fast chess game. 
it's very important to have the ability to uh, adjust and change during a fight. And weird enough, my last fight um, in Paris, I, I near enough had to do that because the canvas was quite slippery, very slippery. And I think it's more so because they, all, all this whole COVID thing, everyone's trying to be extra safe. So they, mm. they really sprayed down the, um, the canvas and just made it hard, more difficult for, for, for the fighters. And especially for someone with my style, because I, I use my movement is everything. So I use that, that traction getting from left to right is massively important. So if I get that little slip, it was, it was just hard to function. But I just went, that, went right back to ground zero and started fighting like a basic fight because I knew that that fight has the most balance because I'm not doing too much. But I have to figure out where I can land my shots and where I can do this. But it didn't, it didn't feel that difficult to adjust. It was frustrating, but not that difficult to adjust because I've done this time and time again, having to put myself in these kind of scenarios, uncomfortable scenarios and still work it out. So, yeah. Where did you get that mindset from? Because that's, maybe it's built up over time, but it's an amazing outlook to have to be able to think like that. And you've almost considered every other person's style, mm -hmm. which allows you to adjust to either another person's style or your own style. Yeah, exactly. So like, is that something that was taught to you or you read about or you, how, how did you decide to start looking at things like that? Um, I, I think it's more my personality. Um, saying that though, again, my instructor, obviously my dad at the time, He's a, he's always like, he, sometimes he'll handicap me as well. So he'd be like, okay, we're not doing any, uh, no kicks. So if, you know, I got to a point where I was, my kicks were coming up and really good. And it was, it was making it more it was difficult for me to learn or grow any, grow in, in, or feel the need to grow because all the kids at my age, I'm beating them, but I'm using just this one as attribute. He's like, okay, no, no problem. No kicks anymore. Hmm. I'm like, you're just taking away. In the... actual competition yeah, fights? competitions. Is oh. that no, don't kick. Wow, and I've, I've I've done it to my students before because I see the same thing, and they're looking at me like, "What's wrong with you? Like, you try, do you want me to lose?" <laughs> but I want you to 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 I want you to expand your mind. I think it's probably being forced to do those things, and I've got that kind of creativity in me anyway, um, just to be like, oh, "I'll just try this," I, and I don't mind losing. It doesn't it doesn't bother me to 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 get beaten or get hit or you know make that mistake. Sometimes people. Uh, pay too much to just the, the reward inside mm -hmm. so they they neglect everything else they're like nah you know what i could you know i could try that but i know i win like this and i like winning for me it did, it, that, especially when i was getting my ass handed to me it it doesn't matter as much you know the the trying to figure things out was always i've always just found fascinating mm -hmm. you know what i mean so um for me again it's a bit of like how my dad had coached me and a bit of just my own personality kind yeah. of then just thinking, ah, let me just try this. Let me just try that. Generally a curious to. person. Yeah. Very, yeah. very, very. Do you, like, I'm assuming the answer to this is yes. Like that your losses have taught you more than your wins. I think that's a common, uh, a common, I want to say misconception. Mm. I think people tend to pay more attention when they've lost. Okay. But I'm not like that. When I when I win, I'll look at my fight and I'm and I'll I'll figure out one thing that I did wrong and it would bug me. Huh. And I'm like, wow, why did you do that? That's stupid. Like, oh, I should have put my foot. I could probably could have finished that fight earlier, or I probably could have done. I probably could have done better in that fight and looked better in that fight. So it a lot of times is when through your success again, same thing. Through your success, you tend to just overlook what you did because the result was I won. Mm -hmm. So who cares? You know what I mean? And then on to the next fight where I'm, I won, but ah oh man, that one punch I should have done. And then 
ah, I could have caught him with that kick, that flashy kick that I've been practicing. Mm-hmm. I could have caught him there. Uh, and I just like to analyze for this win, lose, draw, whatever it is. I'll just go back and analyze just for the sake of it. So, mm-hmm. and I've, again, from young, always been like that. And it's, my dad, another person, again, that would just be, um, I'd come off, everybody's like, yeah, wicked fight, man. Yeah, yeah, that was mm-hmm. so sick, that kick you did. And I was like, why did you do that punch there? That was silly. And he would, he would tell me that first mm-hmm. and get me like, yeah, think about that. No, of course, yeah, congratulations, you won. That's the easy thing. We can go and celebrate afterwards, but you should have done this. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, you're right, you know. And he just puts that in my head. <laughs> but that's so good for life as well. I'm just, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, so it's it's such a, a distant metaphor for what you've just explained there. But so if I talk about like journaling, which is something I've recently started to do, mm. if there's things that I am frustrated, disappointed, feeling mm. negative about, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll write them down because it helps me to observe how I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then I get the space and I can see it in a different way. Yeah. But I'll only ever do it if I'm having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I'm having a good day, then I'm all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of people refuse to, well, not necessarily refuse to, but just don't see the need so, to yeah. reflect on the positives. A hundred percent. That's great. But that's why that saying has come in, you learn more from your losses than your mm. wins. And I just think, I just think that, I personally just think that's wrong. I just think because it's because of how we've been programmed yeah. to even those type of sayings f- throw our head into, yeah, it's okay to not pay attention to mm. your wins and then just continue. But there's a lot you can learn from in just every moment and every everything of, of every aspect that you're doing. If you actually pay attention, you'll be like, ah, I could probably do that better, even though I did it well. Mm-hmm. So... I suppose it's easier to see what went wrong in the losses. And we are creatures that like the path of least resistance. So yes. it's easy, like you can find what went wrong in a loss yeah. like pretty easily. Pretty easily, yeah. What's your reflection process? What do you do? Uh, just going over it. Again, the same way I would sit and observe when I was younger, somebody random. I mm-hmm. do the same thing for myself. I do the same thing on my opponents, usually after um after a fight um is that like watching film or just like yeah just 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 watching footage on what what i've what i've done for me personally i can just go back over and just watch something again Mm -hmm. and again and again and similar to a film uh and i say sometimes i'm I'm, a lot most of the people that i've spoken to are like uh, are the same you can watch a film three or four times and you always notice something different Mm -hmm. like as you as you go so even just watching it once and picking up on one thing doesn't mean that's the end of your studies. Huh. That's, mate, do you know you what? That's I mean? so funny you're saying that. Like, <laughs> even if you do notice it, yeah. if you watch it again in a year, you've experienced 12 months of life, which makes you see that same thing in a different Completely light. Completely anyway. different. Huh. Completely different. And that's what I'm saying. So I'll randomly just go through, just watch a couple of the fights. And it's not not too obsessive, obsessively because that could be uh, negative in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll just randomly go back, watch a couple of fights. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or my coach will tell me about, and he's very, my coach now in London, shoot Alexis, that is like that photographic memory. Like I'll do something in the gym and he's <laughs> like, oh, that's exactly what you did when you did against such and such. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> so I go back and I'm like, ah, I see what he means now. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think it's just important to just keep checking, just keep checking and yeah. seeing, seeing, like you said, you might see something different that, in the same thing that you saw before mm. yeah i'm trying to think the quote was like the the biggest gift in life is to see the same thing with with new eyes 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. so you talked a little bit about your style and how much that's impacted by your personality yeah i think yeah. you know i'd love to talk a little bit more about that the performance side of things you spoke earlier about how when the lights are on that's what you kind of yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that's when you're in your element really yeah so like you're it's like the hands down style right yeah. people talk about mvp hands yeah. Down style. yeah yeah so 
Can you tell us a little bit about what that style is, what it means to you, how you, I guess, kind of created that style? Yeah, so I, I, always, I always like to make clear. So for me, the hands-down style is not something that I created. It's something that my sport over time has created. Again, I'm just in a sport where it's not televised that much. Mm -hmm. But if I was to bring you to one of my old competitions I used to go to in the freestyle kickboxing world, you'd see guys from this age, like four, fighting with their hands down. Mm -hmm. So that attribute of mine is not from me. You know what I mean? It came from, like I say, the freestyle kickboxing world. I swear it's rare in the modern day to see the style. So there were people attach it to you. Yeah, of yeah. course. Now it's, well, what it is, this is rare in the full contact world. So our style was more, so our kickboxing style was more based on the speed element of kickboxing. Whereas most kickboxers are more, obviously the speed is involved, but this, the, the whole focus is the power element of it and being able to put your opponent down. Whereas is was point scoring. It's about reading the space in between me and my opponent. So landing a shot and not getting hit and scoring that point. So, mm -hmm. And it's it's a very difficult skill. As always, mm -hmm. uh, you can watch it and be like, you don't know what's going on because it's like, a, I don't know, like a fencing match on China. They're trying to score points yeah. and you might not see it. But when you understand it, you're like, wow. Like, And then when you do it yourself, like this is difficult to move at, this, at these speeds. Mm -hmm. And later on, the faster you move, comes power anyway. So a lot of the time, I, the, some of the hardest shots I've had and received in my in my career of fighting is being from the softer sport because these guys were flying in at each other at such speeds. You'd get hit, and you're just like, whoa. <laughs> so, um, but a lot of, uh, we kind of fall into that same trap of believing because we do the points score inside that we're not capable of doing the other side. I remember being younger um, and even, even towards my adult, like, like late teens, people have spoken to me about doing like other uh, other things and i'm like man that looks way too tough man like mm. i don't know if i could do that but we never no one ever really tried it yeah you know what i mean and now a few people kind of went over um and then you realize it's even when i first went to the to um to do sparring in in, in mma and people hit me with shots i'm like this feels way slower mm -hmm. so this is nowhere near as bad the worst thing for me was the leg kicks because we never had it in our yeah. style so it was just hard to kind of get accustomed to that. But yeah. after, after you kind of understand the time and you figure out your responses, I'm like, man, these guys don't punch us nowhere near as hard or hit or move as fast. So I'm able to kind of anticipate and, and adjust. Um, but yeah, so all I've done is add my personality to an already existing uh, style, um, which is that hands-down hands yeah. style. And uh, again, it's, there's a lot of controversy around it in terms of, People saying that's not the safest way <laughs> of of fighting. Now, I always I would say exactly the same thing. Like, so why is it not safe? Oh well, because your hands are down. You need to protect yourself. Cool. You know, you, you can get knocked out. So I always ask the same question directly afterwards. Do people with their hands up not get knocked out? Hmm. And they're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, then that takes the, if if everybody with their hands up never got knocked out, then fine. I'd agree with you. Hmm. But like I said, I'm reading between the space between me. Don't get me wrong. I understand my distance. I almost feel like my hand's there. I know if you, your movement or your foot or your hand gets to a certain distance, I have to. my feet have to be working. And because of that, I'm able to anticipate punches and kicks. So I don't need my hands to be there. In fact, my arms are so relaxed. I have more energy in them over a longer period mm. of time because you guys are tense here. Yeah. 
And it's not one size right and one size wrong. It's just a different aspect of looking at things. You know what I mean? That's your style. I appreciate it, and it does work. And when I need to go to my basics, my hands are up. I always, I don't teach my students with their hands down. Mm. They need to understand how to judge distance, which means at the beginning, put a barrier in front. So when you get, when shots are coming towards you and it hits your hand, it usually your hand and then your head moves because your responses are late. Mm. And then later on, you're moving with it. And later on, you can relax your hand and you can, it's the same thing. You can start to see and, and adjust for timing. But at the beginning, you're going to have no responses. Yeah. The response is going to be crap. So yes, have a have a secondary, you know, approach and have your guard up. Yeah. And so I, all my students t- teach them exactly the same way. You have the hands up first. So it, I know how important it is. After a while, you can adjust. It's music to my ears, mate. It's music <laughs> to my ears. So this podcast, Take Flight, is part of it is about performance, yeah. like surface level. It's about how can everyone be better in what they do, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Which, I, you know, people want it to be able to improve. Mostly we want to progress. Yep. Um, but the other side of it for me anyway, was taking that leap of faith into something that I'm passionate about that I want to do mm-hmm. and spend my life, putting my life work into something. Yeah. And for me, that was not being in the corporate world. That was creating my own. Yeah. yeah. And basically what you're saying there to translate that example into the real world, into life away from fighting is mm-hmm. that it's not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just like, you know, not, we don't all have to do the same thing. Not at all. We don't have to do you know, in life's case, it's the societal expectation of going yeah. into school, college, yeah. Yeah. work, etc. <laughs> and that's the same thing with your fighting. You know, people have said that there's one way to do it, hands up, but it's not necessarily the case. N- not at all. And we've seen it time and time again. I find in boxing mainly a lot of the bo- like the old school boxing coaches, not necessarily the new school guys. But again, they're very one dimensional on how mm. they, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of steer one of the reasons why I tried to steer away from it. Cause I had a feeling I've been, I had been to a couple of boxing gyms as well prior. Um, but I had a feeling they were just going to hate everything I did and just tried to change me and why I love and fell in love with my, my gym and my coaches there is he saw my style, didn't get what was going on and then was like, something's working here. Let me go and research your style. Mm. Let me go and practice moves that you do. Let me understand exactly what you're doing so then I can help coach you better on what you should and shouldn't do. Mm. And straight away that mindset to me said, yep, I I don't want to be anywhere else apart from somebody that is still learning themselves. And that's what I love about my coach. He's still a student. Mm. And a lot of, especially a lot of the, uh, like I said, when people get to a certain level of um, success, especially with their coaching, they, yeah, they stop learning. So anything new, they're like, nah, don't do that. Take, just for everything you just did there, forget that, put your hands here, there, and it just becomes the same. And again, it works for them, but it's not one size fits all. So you have to learn to flex a little bit with certain people. Yeah. And yeah, it's important. I'm loving this, man. I'm thinking things as you're speaking and then you say it. And I was like, yes, it's so good, man. So I want to talk a little bit more about what you've done as a professional mm-hmm. in the game. You're one of the most devastating fighters on the planet. Mm-hmm. The things that you've done, like, I mean, the first big knockout that went viral straight mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. and pretty much everyone ever since then has done the same. So what's happening for you when you're in, when you're in those fights and specifically if we talk a little bit more about like during those moments of like knocking your opponents out it's 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 weird like um i'm you're just in a i'm in a certain almost like flow hmm. i feel like once i once i once i'm there there's there's nothing to stress about because 
I'm confident that I'm with the right team. I'm confident that they put me through. Well, I don't even have to be confident about that. My, mm. my body will tell me that they put, <laughs> <laughs> that they put me through the right, uh, a right amount of work. Um, and you know, we've done, we've done all, we've done our due diligence in terms of looking at our opponent and think, speaking about what that person likes to do and so on and so forth. So when I get there, I'm just able to smile and enjoy myself, which mm. is what a lot of times people almost almost freaked out about how confident I look in that moment, but I'm just genuinely enjoying. I love just being in that element. So trying to alleviate as many different stresses as possible. So when I get there, I can enjoy it as much as possible. So, and when I, I always, <laughs> even the guys in the gym, because sometimes we'll have music or a lot of times we'll have music playing. And anytime they hit, they they can hear me like mumbling or thinking or smiling to the music. They're like, "Oh man, it's gonna be stressful," because <laughs> <laughs> they know like I get lifted being in that element. And like music is for me is, is just the one thing that can just get me there quickly. What what's your go to song? Oh, it's, it's, I always say this: if I was to show you my Spotify, it, you'd think like there's about seven, eight different people listening that listen to the same <laughs> thing because you know I can go from rock to rap, to opera, to, to revival, to reggae, to like, just, I bounce around to anything. And this is what I like about music. If I feel like I'm, I've got too much like energy in me and I need to relax because I've still got two days before my fight, I front some Etta James and like, just like, <laughs> nice. like, like Tom Meesh and calm myself down. You know what I mean? Um, if I need to be lifted, you know, I got like loads of people, but like Rick Ross and this rap and it, like this, there's music can push and pull your emotions. Mm -hmm. And cause I'm aware of that, what it does for me, I just like, and if I need something, I know it's there. I've got something for it. And I listen to a, a lot of different people. So yeah. yeah, it just, it varies all the time. But for, yeah, in terms of. It's funny, just, just quickly on what you were saying as well. Firstly, completely agree with you about music. Yeah. I absolutely love it. We've been <laughs> listening to some absolute bangers today. Um, <laughs> And it does allow you to access different emotions that sometimes you need and, mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't need. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. But you're talking about how you remove as many stresses as possible. Mm -hmm. As boring as it sounds, confidence is basically preparation yep. a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So when we have everything in place and we know where we stand, that's when we can puff our chest out and feel a little bit more confident about whatever it is that we're facing. 100%, yeah. I think I want to talk a little bit more about, so if we, yeah, let's cut straight to the chase. Like your flying knee mm -hmm. knockout, was firstly like poetry in motion. Mm. So what's happening for you in that moment? And and the follow-up question is, how do you feel afterwards? Like, you, you know, you're going into fight and it's, mm. it's kind of like life and death, really. Mm -hmm. You protect yourself, you want to win. Mm -hmm. How do you feel doing that kind of damage to another person? So, yeah, if I start with like in that moment, there's always like a massive relief and then rush of it, uh, excitement and happiness all in one. Because all that work that you put through just completed that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, I don't know, being stuck on a level on a game or something. And it's like, and then you just, that, that win, you're like, yes. Obviously, it still goes on. There's still more to, to, to go. But that then you get a massive rush of excitement. And I'm very present when I'm fighting. And this is why I find my celebrations uh can be a little bit more eccentric than most because it's not just an, a, a rush of emotion that just makes me go ah, and jump on the cage and backflip and this and that. Ah. I can actually, in that moment, I can sit back and be like, what is it I wanted to do? Oh yeah, I got this prepared and I got that prepared, but that's because I'm very present, um, which is, is difficult to be because it, it just takes, I think my time in the kickboxing world has helped me just 
being under the lights and fighting so regularly that it becomes very com comfortable. It feels like a training session. Whereas a lot of people, you kind of rise to the occasion. I can relax in an occasion, um, which is, yeah, it, it can be difficult to, to do it. It takes a lot of just being there. Um, uh, but yeah, the, in terms of the, his, the devastation, we all know what we kind of go, we sign up for. Um, and if that opponent could switch it we, at the sign of a contract, you'd do that with no questions. But when you, regardless of that, you're still like, yeah, immediately, it wasn't afterwards because I didn't actually know until the next day in terms of the damage that, that was there. Is after that and you're like, oh man, like I hope he's, I hope he's okay because it's a bad injury. And I think most fighters, uh, I don't want to say all, just, just a lot, a lot, there's always going to be some, but most fighters will feel the same. We understand that it's a job, but then we're human after that. If you know what I mean, I understand that it's a, it's a, it's a vicious. It can be a vicious job, but we are, we all, we all have like uh, just normal uh, emotions afterwards. And regardless of what happened in there, although you are happy it happened that way around, you still don't want anything negative to happen. You don't want to hear anything bad, any any bad, uh, you know, no reviews on on what that person's. Uh, injury that that person's had or, or whatever. So yeah, straight afterwards, you, you you can feel a bit crap as well. Um, and you kind of have something to keep reminding yourself that he obviously is part and parcel. And like I said, if and if there could have been a switch, that they, they will, there would have been. Yeah, amazing life lesson on, well, a few things there. If we go back to what you were saying previously, it's a, it's a le lesson on perception because mm. we can now sit here and go, oh, you know, Mike's fractured his skull and celebrated whatever. Mm. But you didn't know at the time. Yeah, no. But now, so that's in hindsight, looking back, we can think that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's really, really interesting. And uh, yeah, it's funny, actually, I had George Groves on the podcast. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, lovely guy, he's yeah. awesome. But he spoke about, I don't know if you know, he had a fight, a um, couple before his title fight, and he put someone in a coma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he talked about how that softened him, and he like kind of went off the sport after that, because... Yeah. I, I, like I said, he's a he's human, and it's, I get it so many times. You get like, so many people that would meet, like say, as, as we're doing now, and be like, "Oh man, I, you know, I, you know, I thought he was going to be different, like mm. you know, because again, they they they're looking at our fight persona. Mm -hmm. You only ever get to judge me based on a persona that I have to put on to get myself in a certain mindset, and that's the only time you've ever get to see me. And a lot of fighters. When you speak to them afterwards, they're like, oh man, they're chill, man. They're very relaxed or they're very this. They might look really aggressive there. Mm. And I always relate to um, uh, Wayne Rooney simply because on the pitch, he's a bit ferocious, man. He's like screaming, shouting, da -da -da. and then you hear him interview, like, yeah. <laughs> you just, you're like, Who, where's, where's Rooney gone? Like, who's this imposter? But it's because he, like any sportsman and woman have to take themselves like out of themselves a lot of the time and project themselves into something else yeah. to get to that level, you 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 yeah. know, to, to, to perform at your highest. So everyone's got a certain um, way about them. So judging people based on that is difficult. Yeah. That's not their personality. So of course, as soon as you suck yourself back out after the fight's finished, you're back to being yourself. And if you just put someone in a coma, you're, you're going to feel horrible. Yeah. Like... Like I said, that for for the most, I don't, I, I haven't come across anybody, but I'm sure there's not one person that wouldn't say they feel they don't feel bad. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a horrible feeling to know that you've done that, and like you said, softening yourself. I completely understand. It's, it's scary to then know that you have this ability, yeah. and then want to hit somebody again, and you have to keep. It's yeah, it's it's, it's a lot to go through. 
maybe it's an age thing as well. Like I'm 33, I think. Are you yeah, 33 as yeah, well? Th- yeah, just turned 34. Just turned 34, yeah. okay. So you kind of get to that age where you're like, you know, you're kind of oh, getting a bit more mature mm. now. I don't know. 100%. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think where I was going to go after that one. Um, oh, give me a second, mate. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do that all the time. Almost an hour. Okay, cool. We'll probably go for like another five ten. Yeah, cool. Um, what were we what were we saying? Like the just before the softening bit. Or... Um, in terms of the the element, so uh, in knockout. Yeah. The... Oh, I have. One thing I can say about the fight. Yeah. Um, in terms of the again just people are understanding because they're like how oh, can you you know crack somebody's skull mm-hmm. and then uh and then celebrate in, in that fashion i don't believe i would have celebrated um in that way if had i known after he after i landed that jump knee he turned face down mm-hmm. and was obviously his legs were still kicking so i'm like he's not knocked out he's in pain but a common injury is like a broken nose, which is not that like devastating, but it's enough to make people quit. Like uh, likes of like Rory McDonald has uh, uh, pulled it, like called it on a fight because he had a broken nose and kept getting hit on that nose. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's an amazing fighter, so he's not someone that's going to quit f- for for anybody. So so I know how something like that can still get you out of a fight, but it's not bad enough to me to be like coming over to check him and worry about it and obviously you've got the medics there that are going to rush in and the referee's going to kind of deal, do his job and make sure that the fight is safe so then I've gone off I'm doing, I already know what I've, I was going to do I had it, I had, it, I had it planned and um, come in got the hat got the ball did, 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 the, did the whole thing celebrated I had them pull me to do the, the interview and he's got up and obviously left in that time I hadn't seen him again. Like I hadn't didn't get to see him afterwards. Didn't, and again, it's, it wasn't something that I think to even ask about. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and these things happen. You know what I mean? Sometimes like, one of my opponents got a big cut over his eye. I I know the process of like over a broken nose or a cut. Like I, I I get the process. It's not something I have to double check on. Usually we everyone kind of goes to. We usually have our own little fighters kind of get together afterwards. So we bump into guys again and so on and so forth. But um. I my family was over from America, so we I just kind of went off with them. Yeah. It was uh um the next day that my sister sent me a picture of the skull. Now my family are full of jokers, yeah. So I genuinely, when she sent it, I started laughing. I was cracking up, man. I was like, "Why would you do this?" She's like, "I didn't do it. I I just thought she had edited it oh. as a joke, like uh like put made it seem like oh yeah, look what your knee did, da 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 da." So she sent it to me, I was laughing. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, nah, this is online. This is not me. I was like, you being serious? Like, she's, I was, so I went up online and I started seeing the pictures everywhere and so on. And so I was just like, damn. So we tried to reach out to his uh, mm. team, couldn't get, get, get a hold of them. And we started a GoFundMe page to help because he's obviously, he teaches and does certain things that we wanted to. So we did, there was just loads of stuff, loads of stuff that we, we were doing. And it's, I think it was like two years later that I met him. It was like, uh, again, but it was, <laughs> It's a bit of an awkward one because even my coach was like, do you want to go and see him? I was like, yeah, no, definitely. Because we was at a, an, another MMA event together, but his student was fighting one of my teammates. And then my teammate popped his knee in a, during a submission. 
And then we were coming in to be like, hey, how's things? And it's like, he's already pissed off at me, I'm sure. And then he's going to be even more annoyed that another one of my teammates are just injured. We were just, it was just so awkward. Was it? <laughs> it was very awkward, but we kind of obviously like shook hands yeah. a little there. That's um, great to hear, man. Like, I think where I, what I was going to say about the, that whole piece is because you're in the public eye mm-hmm. and this happens with a lot of people, whether it's, you know, you see someone in work for mm-hmm. an hour mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you make an assumption about someone. So people make an assumption about you mm-hmm. during that short period that they see you on TV, yeah. you know, and you've got the pressure of it's a show at yeah. the end of the day. It's yeah, a yeah. show that you need to perform in. Mm-hmm. So people make these judgments about people. I told you my sport was football. Yeah, yeah. I remember like um, after the games, obviously you go out, you see people and one of the other players' um, partners was like, oh, you're actually all right. Like you're not that serious just because she just made a perception about me on the pitch where I was yeah. swearing and shouting mm. and whatever else. Yeah. But it's just, there's a, yeah, it's it's very difficult, but I think if more people could try not to judge on the small part that you see about someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm like that because I'll always be like, people always, oh, what do you think of this guy? Like, seems like an arsehole, but it fights amazing. Some people mix the two. Mm. So because I don't like the guy, Fair enough, you don't have to support him, but because I don't like the guy, he's shit, he's rubbish, he's this, he's that. And it's like, no, let's be honest now. The guy's a great athlete. <laughs> you might not like his... And I, I, I'm i clear that he's if he seems like something, it's because that's his persona I get to watch, but I don't know him. So a lot of people are like, oh yeah, um, have you met this person? Have you met that person? And I haven't, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, no, he's this, he's that. I said, you know, I'll... I, I'm, I, that might be your experience, but weird, I might happen to get on with him or get on with that girl. So I'm not going to make too much of a job. I, I appreciate your what you're saying. And then I might meet them and be like, yeah, you're correct. Like this person's an idiot. But until I know, I, I don't know. And I think a lot of people mix the two. Like uh, the, I heard so many arguments with friends about like Mayweather and stuff like that. Everyone's got, obviously going to have their mm. opinion, but and then, oh, no, I just don't like him. And I said, yeah, that's fine. But that's his personality that he's putting on might, might actually be him mm-hmm. i don't know but let's say you're, you're talking more about the personality but is he a great boxer yes no 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 he's this oh he should have fought this I'm like, okay no problem that's another, <laughs> that's another conversation that <laughs> leave that that but yeah people people tend to mix that all the time yeah it's interesting i can imagine especially in boxing with the egos and all that sort of stuff <laughs> but like or fighting in general but it's huge we were actually just talking about this in the car on the way over yeah. it's like i think it's a small industry when you start to meet people who are especially in the public eye on TV or whatever. Yeah. I think the more I've done this and I've sat down and met people, I feel like, and I'd agree with what you said earlier, by the mm. way, like incredibly down to earth. Yeah, like, yeah. I just come across as such a lovely person, but in the ring, obviously you get a yeah, you have to. Yeah. view of that. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you know, just remove your judgments, remove your biases, mm. you know, try and understand where they're even coming from. Like, why do you think that? Is it, some, a lot of that's from jealousy. Mm. People have their own insecurities and they project that. A hundred percent. Or somebody that might, that has, you know, antagonized them in their life mm. feels very similar to that person's personality. But remember, it's just, he's he's doing a job and he has to get himself to a certain, uh, there's guys I know that are quite, um, uh, when it comes to work, they, their character is massively shifts, mm-hmm. like massively shifts. They're, they're on a job and they're a bit more, they're, they're, they're less patient. They're a bit more like, like, uh, uh, like f- forward when they're speaking to people um less caring but they're trying to get a job done mm-hmm. and then you when they're outside of that job you see them just their whole character just shifts like they take a, that hat off and they relax and you're like oh man you're, you're actually chilling you're mm-hmm. smiling for once <laughs> you know what i mean but everyone's got 
you know, everyone's got different um, personality traits that they, that expand or reduce depending mm. on the situation yeah. they're in. We're constantly fighting under a spotlight. Mm. Um, and in order to get over our natural anxieties and your just your natural fears and stuff, you have to put yourself in this. Sometimes like I always tell people, especially in our sport, just fake it until you make it. Look at your most confident fighter. How do they act? Go and be that person. Just put yourself in that, in that mindset too, because it's easier to try and focus on mimicking somebody else than worrying about, oh man, if I don't win, this can happen. Oh my, that's embarrassing. All my family's here. And this, and I've spoken to established fighters who will tell me exactly the same thing as if somebody knew that they're just coming and they're like, yeah, man, it's just frustrating because of this and that. And they you know they're already spending their paycheck before and they're like, I need to buy it. And it's like, ignore hmm. all of that. Don't, don't be that person. And that's going to take you out of being the best you. This is what is the most confident version of you? Go and be that person. Hmm. Just fake it. Go in there and just be, <sighs> puff your chest out, walk, look at the the, the most obvious uh, person to kind of look at is the, is likes of Conor McGregor. Hmm. Look how he walks around during that. That I don't genuinely don't believe he practices that, but that's like what's the, what's the most confident I can? How can I portray myself as the most confident? Seeing somebody that confident across the cage, across the ring, wherever, even football, seeing a team that's so confident is very off-putting. <laughs> it's very, it's very belittling. And that's exactly where you want your opponent. Mm. So hundred percent, like these are kind of the kind of traits you're commonly going to come across uh, as a fighter and the comedy you're going to watch. Um, and everyone relates to other people and they're like, yeah, but this person is nice. And yes, you're going to get guys that prefer to be a certain way the whole way through and they're, and they're confident in themselves regardless of showing it. But mm. some people are not. Yeah. It's so good, man. I mean, there's a concept called the alter ego, mm -hmm. which I know you're, so your alter ego being MVP. MVP. Because <laughs> I think that like, so you're talking about the person in the office who puts this, he puts a, a mask on really mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. for the majority of the day and yeah. then gets to be himself for a couple of hours yeah. in the evening. Yeah. But like, the idea of having an alter ego is you just, you turn it on for the performance, yeah. but then everything around that performance mm -hmm. is you, you know, mm -hmm. like your true authentic yeah, self. Yeah, yeah, And I love what you're saying there about like, because the irony of fake it till you make it is you're actually not faking anything. You're still no. being yourself. Yeah, exactly. Which is amazing. But mm. if, if you can, you're trying to hack confidence yes. by getting inspiration from others, yeah. looking at their styles mm -hmm. and everything else. So again, I'm going to stack a question, mate, mm -hmm. which is the worst thing to do. But <laughs> That's cool. I'd love to hear a bit more about your um, alter ego. In fact, I'll let you just answer that one first. So if you talk about MVP, like, what does that mean to you? It's, it's it's weird. That's that's the show. That's the show. Me. That's when uh, the the fights the fights come in. That's the that's the excitement side. Um, that's the show off side. You know. I really. Uh, it's it. That's why I say I enjoy being there. You're not. You're not there all the time. It's gonna be very hard to just be MVP everywhere. Just sitting here, just like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rolling my hands. Yeah, yeah. So um, about this that it's it, no, it's difficult. It's difficult to be that all the time. Um. But saying that, you know, same as you just spoke about in terms of faking it till you make it or kind of like putting the best, better you out. Some mm -hmm. people, if they're that too much, they can spill over into other things and they struggle to turn it off, which can also be, which can be a danger. Having good people around you that keeps bringing you back down to, okay, remember who you are. Mm -hmm. And then remember that that has to be turned on and sometimes has to be turned off as well. Um, but for me, yeah, MVP is more just, it's all, it's just showtime. Showtime It's just, uh, uh, even how the name came up, it wasn't something that we kind of thought of when I was eight or nine, 
um, one of again my extended family. He's like an older brother to me. Um, uh, Marvin, he used to call me Venom. And this was from a young age, like call me Venom. And he's just like, yeah, he explained it like, you're just so like, I was mad skinny, very gangly, but I was able to hit quite hard. And he's just like, anytime I see you hit some other kids sometimes, like you see them flying, it's like, that shouldn't happen. You've got a lot of venom in your in your shots. Mm. And he just kept calling it, just, that was it. They kind of stuck. He would just call me Venom. And then later on, I started putting Michael Venom page on my on my, on my my thing just, just for fun. Mm. And then past that, you know, later, I can't even, I don't even think it was him that came up with the MVP, but somebody was like, MV, somebody pointed out that, you know, that's creates MVP. And I was like, ah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and then just kind of, kind of went with that. Um, but yeah, that's, that is just the showtime me. Mm. That's it. That's it really. Um, and I just enjoy being in that place at that particular time. Mm. It's so good. But I think we can all have an alter ego. Oh, no, hundred. Everyone can create mm. that for themselves. Some people do it for, <laughs> in different ways. They Sometimes they need, you know, I hate doing like this, but some people are like that. They, in order to get them there, they have to have specific things. Or I need my lucky socks or I need yeah. this. Or uh, like, let's say going out, People have to, I need alcohol to give me that confidence yeah. to then do, that's just an excuse. Uh, you know, you can get yourself there without it. But some people just need to feel like they need to have that, that, um, that, that, that clutch, that, that, um, that crutch, sorry, to kind of, to lean on. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I feel like if you practice it enough, you can get, get yourself there without having to use something else as the lucky thing that puts you in that state of mind. But some people just need to have a, 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 a something to atta- associate it to, mm-hmm. to help them get to that. And I know people that have like lucky shorts and this mm-hmm. and no, if that, and if that doesn't go quite right, it's hard, you know, now they're, they're, rot- they're rattled. And that's the one reason why I don't like um, having anything to associate it with. It has to be something that I can just turn on at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, each to their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. So many of the past guests on this podcast have been the best in the world at what they do, similar to yourself. Mm-hmm. And they all say the same thing. At the beginning of their careers, they might have tried to lean on those crutches. Yeah, yeah. But later on, you realize they don't fucking help. Yeah, they don't. It can be a, it can be a, a deterrent sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you, for whatever reason, you end up stressing more about making sure that's there than actually focusing on on, on, mm-hmm. on the, the matter at hand. How would you advise someone who's listening to this now to create an alter ego for themselves so that they can turn on the performance wherever they do that for themselves? Like anything you practice it and it sounds weird and not that I sit in the mirror like MVP, <laughs> but um, I get, I get many, especially even in the gym, I get a lot. One time we're sparring, I turn MVP on. Um, but it's just practicing it allows you to get there more easily. Um, and I think people feel uncomfortable practicing these kind of things, but in everything, you'll, you'll see it. Like some of the best actors, they become that person, but they're in it as often as possible to to kind of get to that place as mm-hmm. quickly as possible. Um, so I think, yes, exactly, it's exactly that. You have to program yourself to be there. And if it is, um, let's go right down to a job interview. Um, that one, you probably, yeah, sit down and practice. How are you going to speak to people? Mm. Ask people to come in. Look, I'm coming in for a job. Just let, let me know how you feel. How you, so I'm talking from the start. You need shaking somebody's hand. How you're smiling. How you're looking at them. Da, da, da. Practice it, and then it just becomes norm. It becomes it becomes second nature, and you know again when to turn it on and when you can kind of relax. And but you have to practice these things. You can't just expect it to just happen. 
uh, are, are, some people are confident enough to just do it. And if you're not, you have to really push yourself to 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 get to that place of confidence. Mm. Yeah, train hard, fight easy. Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine was MW9. MW, just my initials. Yeah. <laughs> really creative. But the, it was the nine, which was my football number, yeah. which meant a lot to me, like the, the position of the nine, yeah, like yeah. that attacking, yeah, yeah. you know, create something, make something happen. Yeah. So like just referring to myself as that, as I was put my boots on, made me just click into gear and start wicked. to think about that. Wicked, wicked. So let's talk a little bit about what the future holds for MVP because mm-hmm. you've got a few fights left with Bellator. Mm-hmm. You've got a fight coming up very soon. Yeah. Um, hopefully the championship fight mm-hmm. not too long after that. Yeah. Um, where where do you see yourself going? It's it's weird. You know, I, this, like I said, like, I'm doing what I, I enjoy. That was the whole point of me kind of crossing over. I'm doing what I enjoy. I get to, I'm making a living from doing what I enjoy. And also because of my status now and the status that I've kind of created for myself, um, I'm in contact with a lot of different people that you probably never, never have would have met before. Um, so uh, right now, my focus is just uh, I'm with, I'm doing a lot of diff- working on a lot of different projects uh, while while training and just trying to set up things in the background. Um, it's it's a it's a lot of work, uh, but that for me is starting to become my new passion. Um, and what specifically are you doing? Oh God! Uh, so there's I'm working with a political party. I've actually only I think only for, what, last year with what, what's going on, I've realised how important politics is. Mm, I think I saw you. Do you went and did a talk at somewhere? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm 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 in, I'm involved with this uh, taking the initiative um, party, and um, we're trying to just it's about kind of giving back to the working class uh, mm. people. Um, so we're doing a lot of work in the background on that. Uh, also, obviously, setting up for the future in terms of like, but personally, like trying to buy properties and so on and so forth. So I've got a property company that I'm working on. We're actually trying to work on, I don't want to say anything too early, but hmm. um, working on a, uh, a building a first, building a school, basically, I mean, an academy. Um, but we want to be a bit more specific to creative, uh, to creatives and not so regimented i felt i find the school system definitely mm. didn't work for people like myself you know what i mean like i said i'm a more physical person so sitting in a classroom for hours doesn't help me at all and i, I know so many kids that are the same um so working with kids and trying to trying to help that side along because again i've been in bad areas for the majority of my life and i just know i, I was fortunate enough to not be sucked in sucked in by it but i see it all you know what I mean? So um, we're doing, we're working on a lot of different projects. Again, I don't want to say too much, but we're working on a lot of different projects on, in, in, the, in, the, in the background. And then again, for me personally, maybe later on, uh, I want to get into acting as well. It's something mm. that I've always wanted to Amazing. wanted to get into. We're writing a, I'm actually, la- this, no, yeah, last year, almost around this time, I was in uh, Tobago with my family. My brother got married over there. Nice. And uh, we were just chilling. And for some reason, I just started writing some stuff on my phone, which has now turned into a series <laughs> that we're building uh, that's going to come out um, soon. Uh, I say soon. It's going to take a, maybe a year and a bit <laughs> before we get there. But um, just working on loads of different projects. What's the series about? It's a, it's a martial arts series. Again, I can't say too much okay. again. Okay. But it's, it's going to be a martial arts series uh, set in a bit more um, present day. But um, yeah, it's a, it's, 
looking exciting. To be it fair. sounds amazing. Yeah, it's, it's looking exciting. Like really, I'm a fan of the kind of the old school arts as well. Um, so it's gonna. I'm trying to bring some of that that back yeah. to the world. Because um, like I same thing I said to you at the beginning. Those kind of even those lessons, man. I think I learned so much from it, and they, they don't really portray that enough in in oh, the new films. So much has been lost over the years. Yeah, that could have just been passed down. Yeah. But I think if any any martial arts is one that does have the tradition and pass things down, man, it's so good. But do you know what's important about that? And this is something I preach a lot: is about creating your own buzz. Yeah, because you've done that for yourself. You've created this lifestyle for yourself, and you've been incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. Which has then led you to meet the people that you know you yeah. makes for fifty cent yeah, yeah, hanging yeah, out with people like that and and then creating a series, being at why not? Yeah, yeah, why yeah. not do all that stuff? hundred percent. And I'm I'm a I'm a creative mind. Um and I just I need to I got so much in my head that I need to get out and then and work on. Um but yeah, we're we're doing we're doing a lot and a lot of people are telling me always oh, I'm doing a bit too much, but I just try hmm. just try and do as um as much as possible and then leave and just and, and help the next generation in whatever a lot of people it's quite obvious to kind of go in into the the, the the realm of martial arts and we i still have gyms with my brother in the martial arts world but um he's um he's the he's the main guy in that now because that's just not where my heart is i just want to i want to do more for people and like i said i want to try and get it in the schools which is which is one of the reasons why we want to try and we're like do it ourselves mm-hmm. like instead of i'll keep bugging all these schools and they're just like nah not interested yeah they're yeah, no problem fixed. yeah they're fixed in, the, in their ways it works for them cool mm-hmm. no problem go do it ourselves mm-hmm. you know what i mean and we'll show you exactly the the benefits of it by example and then you know maybe you might be interested later on mm-hmm. but for now we'll just do it ourselves so inspiring man if we talked about i'll take you back to fighting again yeah. like where where do you see yourself do you want to be do you want to stay in mma do you want to go to UFC, would you say we're better at all? Would you go boxing? I've had Eddie Hearn on the podcast. Would you jump in and go boxing? Is so that- um, the, the boxing for me, I've, one. That's, if we go back to what I said in terms of my decision, one of my good friends, uh, again, another like another older brother, he's the person that I was training with from young. He went into boxing, went to Repton, and, did, and was kind of explaining his sto- like how he, things had led for him with a lot of the politics involved in it. And I found boxing did have quite a lot of politics so that's what kind of kept me away as well so i thought okay one obviously i felt like it's going to be hard to find a coach reputable coach that's willing to allow my start to continue Mm. so i decided to go the other way but obviously found myself coming back to um, boxing um simply because when i was sparring in the mma we my coach would tell me okay yeah we're going to bring in some boxers and it's say some boxers we've had high level boxers not he makes it seem casual like yeah it's going to bring in a few boxers (laughs) but he wants to see us excel although because we're mixed martial arts he wants to see us excel in all the disciplines so he'll bring in top jujitsu guys he'll bring in top wrestlers in and we have to try and hang or be competent in those areas and one place that i was doing really well uh was the boxing and he's like, yeah, you know, he's got his his good friend was uh, David Hay. He's got uh, obviously an immediate link there, so I, I started doing the, the the boxing with him. I actually got um, <laughs> to sit down around a table like twenty guys uh, after the second my second boxing bout, bout, and they were basically saying there's a grey area in the rules that prevents me from doing bo- both boxing and and uh, MMA at the same time. Hmm. So that's, and they, they put my license on hold. So that's the only reason why I kind of stopped because I was doing it. Obviously I was just happy to just kind of bounce back and forth. Um, there are ways around it, but I just, again, it just felt like a headache. I was yeah. like, I don't know why this is so difficult. I love to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, people like to see me, just let me fight. Yeah. Um, again, Eddie Hearn, if he's, uh, 
if he's out there and he's, he wants to get some 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 of the MVP show, then yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm definitely still up for boxing. I would love to be the first person to hold an MMA belt and a boxing belt at the same time because I haven't seen it done anywhere else. So uh, yeah, I'd love to to be the first person to do that. So that's that that is still a goal of mine that I want to achieve, but. It's, there's, a, there's a lot of people and hurdles you have to kind of jump through. Yeah. But again, if there are somebody like the likes of Eddie Hearn that can um, help assist something like that, then 100, percent I'm 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 definitely there. I I, I work hard, uh, and it's not just uh, you know just a, a lucky gift that I have. That it's it's been over years of mm-hmm. um, pushing myself. So yeah, definitely still want to box. Definitely want to get a title in Bellator, and I do see myself uh, going to UFC as well. Just because there's some great fights and great matchups uh, over there, and and we'll see. But for now, it's just yeah, just focus on where I'm at, mm-hmm. uh, focus on beating everybody, and just keep growing, keep growing my name and uh, mm-hmm. making more connections. <laughs> Amazing, man! I saw your eyes change then when you said I want an MMA belt. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> he's gonna get it. <laughs> yeah. No, I want it, man. I do. I definitely want it again. It's just like I said, there's just a lot of um, hurdles. If if there's anybody that can kind of help alleviate those things. Mm-hmm. I just make it a bit more of a smoother ride than definitely. Yeah, amazing. It's what you learn again when you get up towards the top of something, how many rules and regulations oh, there are. man. But... Sometimes I always kind of say, like, I wish I... Because imagine going from literally near enough every single weekend I would compete somewhere. Just drive wherever it is and fight to one fight, then six months of training or yeah. four months of training, another fight, and then nine months of training and that it's very it's very difficult it was very difficult mm. for me to adjust to and this is why i think not last year the year before i had five fights in one year but i i was screaming for it but i was in a position now where i could be heard mm. so you know that you know i had a bit more say so i was pushing i was actually pushing for fights no i want to yeah i want to fight again mm. and people always ask you like you know you know how do you how's your body feeling i feel great i'm, I'm fortunate enough to have the style that i have so i don't take that much damage so i'm usually even after most even after a 15 minute fight I've probably only been hit three times hmm. um so i'm good to go again but again it's all the oh we have to promote it and then this and then that hmm. and that comes first and then that. And i'm just like mate just yeah. let's let me fight please yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it's, it's get obviously with this whole covid situation certain things they, they're not promoting things as far in advance as before simply because there's no crowd to yeah. promote to so it's a bit Easier to kind of be a bit Working more in your favor, on top, and now, so now shows have started again. I'm, I'm going to be on it. Amazing, man! Mm. No, I can't wait to see you fighting again. So we do the same three questions, quick fire ones at the mm. end of every episode. Cool. I've got one more before, just before we yeah. do that. So if you could kind of, it might be quite difficult to do, but sum up the key lessons you've learned as a fighter. Mm. What would you say they were? Patience, uh, persistence um and just mental oh I'm trying, I'm trying to think of how to say it. mental stability or mental mental growth like it's very easy to persuade yourself out of something when things start to hurt that little bit more and injuries take that little bit longer especially as you get older and i remember uh when i first came in all the guys just hitting 30 31s they're like, yeah, man, my body's not the same. And they've all disappeared. And yet they were all talented to keep going. Um, but it's just, a, it's a mental thing. Like my body, as much as it does take a little bit longer, I just have to do that little bit more to help heal it. So I just have to be that bit more aggressive on 
uh, I go to the cryo, like do the cryo chamber, make sure my body's feeling good, go to physio, go to specialist. I, I have to spend a little bit more and do that little bit more to make my body, uh, you know, get my body back to where it needs to be. But um, it, the, men, the mental side is so important. It's so easy to kind of run with an excuse. Mm. Um, and I feel like part of humanity is very, it just, it's just almost a survival instinct to pick up those things, to, to take the shortest, you know, the easiest path. So doing things like this, where you have to push your body to this level, it's, it's the mental side of it. The amount of times I've, and I don't even want to go to training today. And then I end up at training. And just because I know ugh, that's just there. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, my leg's hurting today. I'm just going to stay, no, I'm going to stay home today. Ugh, come on, let's go. I can go in and just do upper body. And then yeah. I was, I'm like, when I get warm, my leg's not that bad. Mm-hmm. So there's so many ways that the mentality for me is the most important. Amazing. And every time you you win that negotiation with yourself, you build the confidence and you, you build and you build that training of the mentality so that yeah. that becomes shorter mm-hmm. and a lot of the times it's just the anticipation is way worse than yeah. the actual the actual thing and, and it's, i always say even like going to when i was young going to school like getting up and having to the effort to go to school it was just like oh, i want to go to school mm. i get to school it's jokes I, I loved everybody else in school <laughs> it's like I, I i loved the day we had so much that just there was always something going on um so yeah, it's just it's usually that it's that 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 moment beforehand yeah. in preparation to go there is when your body or your your mind's telling you, nah, let's leave it on. Oh, nah, yeah. let's not do this. And that's what you need to train to be stronger yeah. at beating that person. Yeah. And then when you were saying it gets shorter, it gets to the point where it's not even an option anymore. Yeah. No, it's, it's just in... like, oh, yeah, I'm going to train. <laughs> <laughs> you just do it. <laughs> oh man, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Um, mate, I could talk to you for hours. Like, we'll get these next, these last three questions cool. in. I'll, I want to be respectful of your time. As well. <laughs> Thank you. So, the first of these three is: Is there anything you've discovered or come across recently that you're particularly excited about? Uh, personally, yeah, a couple of new moves actually. Yeah, yeah, a couple okay. of new moves. Um, I'm all again. As, as we've already spoken about how the, my creative side, I'm always trying new things. And I'll I'll be inspired by movies and stuff, and be like, hmm, maybe I can try that. Um, but yeah, we've just a couple of couple of new kicks. I I kind of want to see it. I've I've done it to guys while sparring, but I want to. It's harder to always transfer it over into into the fight. So after the fight, yeah, I'll kind of like say, yeah, it's that one. It's that one. <laughs> yeah, but I got a couple of a couple of new moves, and I'm always trying to, you know, be creative with what I'm doing. That's awesome, mate. I love that. It's like when you even think about extreme sports. I mean, I've put fighting in there, to be fair, but, mm. you know, snowboard, skateboard and stuff, yeah. you're like pushing the boundaries and creating new tricks. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. And I think we, we can become a bit of a, a stalemate or we end up just going back round and doing the same kind mm-hmm. of same things. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's down to the individual to to try some stuff. Mm. It, might, it, might, it might not work. If it doesn't work, obviously you're trying it behind closed doors. Who cares? You yeah. know what I mean? It doesn't work. It didn't work. But then some you might figure out some gold and then, you know, start using it. Unreal, man. It's so good. Next one is if you had to give every listener one habit for them to practice every day mm-hmm. that's going to make them better, drive their performance, what would that one habit be? Any kind of mind drill. I think, um, no, in fact, you know what? I think the best thing, because it's one of the things that I kind of hate about humanity. <laughs> uh, I, I think self-reflection. Um, we spend a lot of time pointing at others and critiquing others and being critical of others. Um, and we we don't spend enough time looking in the mirror and being like, hmm, actually, 
I need to do this. And I've had, especially the last five years, um, and I, I'm going to give credit to my ex, <laughs> actually, because <laughs> it was, uh, and it's usually those kind of the strenuous situations or places where that can be strenuous, where, you know, you're actually being forced to look at yourself. Um, uh, just that habit of having to kind of keep self-reflecting has been amazing for me. Um, cause uh, like, especially in my family, we've got stubborn traits in, in my family. I think many people do and relationships in general. And I don't mean like, as you know, your partner, I mean, it could be father and son, mother and father, this, that, 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 that. like whatever, every relationship is difficult. Friendships, they're difficult. Um, and it's just too easy to just, um, screaming about your side and not taking on yeah. the other person's side and then reflecting on that. It's like, you can easily understand, okay, I get what you mean but this, hmm. and we fo- we were so focused on what we want to get yeah. off our chest, but self-reflecting and being, you know, yeah, you know what? And I don't, it doesn't mean they have to say it to anybody, but you know, actually pay attention and be like, yeah, you know what? I, yeah, I should have done this, you know, that would have helped that and that. And I feel like you have so much more control over your next scenarios because you're, it's you that you're creating. You can't change anybody else or it's difficult to change somebody else. Hmm. Uh, and everyone, it's so many opinions out there now, and it's all about changing the other person's opinion. Just focus on self, hmm. and it'll be it'll be easier for us to kind of move forward and understand each other. Unreal, man. The the concept that our relationships with others are a reflection of our relationship with ourselves. One hundred percent. So unless we consider that, you're always just taking what they're saying on surface level and not really understanding what they're saying. No one digs. No one. Yeah. No one's. I find people don't dig deep enough, hmm. and it's it's. It, uh, it's Sometimes it's an ugly look, you know, you, again, it's easy to point the finger, but when you actually look in the mirror, you're like, damn, I don't like the look of myself. Mm. So people spend as much time portraying something else, whether it be online, especially nowadays. Uh, so portraying, painting a picture of themselves that's not real mm. to to push that out to everybody or and, and ignoring what's actually happening. Because it's um, painful, right? It's, it's painful it's, to look at that stuff. ugly to look at. <laughs> like I said, I've seen, I've figured out so many ugly truths about myself. But then it's great to overcome them as well. It's kind of like a, that's almost like a, another fight in itself. You mm-hmm. know, when you have an opponent and you beat that opponent, it feels great. But it's it's difficult if you if you don't challenge, if you don't figure out who your opponent is. And a lot of times it's different attributes of yourself. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, the mirror. It's the mirror. Yeah, man. <laughs> We're going deep right at the end of this chat, right? <laughs> so the last one of these is the single trait within you that's allowed you to have the success that you've had. Hmm. Single trait. I think li- being coachable. Okay. I think I, I think I listen hmm. very well. Um, and I, I, t- I take instruction, even when I don't, I, sometimes I don't even, I don't agree with it. I'm willing to just do it just to... to even if it's a case of just to try and prove them wrong, but I'll do it to their level. Um, and a lot of the times you're like, you do it and you're like, eh, I guess he's, that's why you're the coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, being being coachable, uh, I think has always helped me yeah, with a lot of stuff. But uh, with with that said, you always have to make sure that the people that you're that are coaching you or yeah. mentoring you are, are, is the right person mm-hmm. as well. So you, um, it's hard. but I, I like the fact that I found I've been fortunate enough to find um, some amazing people that I can genuinely just give a hundred percent of myself to, and and know that they're not going to take advantage of that. So it's about having balance, uh, you know, because 
people can be people sometimes and, and can take advantage but yeah you got you, you have to sort out and look for the, those the, those right people yeah mm. you can bang your head against the wall but someone next door knows how to get through it like. yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yeah so it's just especially when we talk about the kind of motivational side i know for a fact anytime i do like i'm on a fitness machine and stuff I can't push myself as hard as somebody else can push me. Mm. So I, I'll, I'll go as hard as I think I can go. And then you got my coach will come and stand next to me and start screaming at me. And you're like, ah! <laughs> you're doing whatever you need to do. And all of a sudden yeah. you're smashing scores. Having that person behind to give you that extra nudge mm. is, is, is definitely important. But obviously listening and taking it on board is, I think, yeah, even more important. Mike, it's been such a pleasure, man. <laughs> thank you. Honestly, man. thank you thank so you. much. I've, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. So there it is, guys. What a legend. I'm sure you'll agree. Thank you for joining me this week and listening to Life Lessons from a Fighter. Thank you so much to MVP for the amazing advice, stories, and his time that you gave me on the day. There was so much synergy in the room when we recorded this. Mike has so much ahead of him, and really the opportunities are endless. I'm excited to see where he goes next. As I sat with Mike, it brought even more attention to how, as a collective, we tend to judge people on the small amount that we know about them. And that is a natural thing for us to do. But we need to step back more from our judgments and be more compassionate. We never know what people are going through or what other sides they have to them. Give people more of a chance. My biggest takeaway with Mike was his ability to turn on and off his alter ego and use it when he needs it and use it to his advantage. He spoke about having his emotional control and the ability to be very present, even in the moment when he's just won the fight he's been preparing for for months. This is something we can all practice. And as Mike says, we can become better at this over time. I'd ask you to consider when you need emotional control and at what moments in the day you can start to practice this. As mentioned in this chat, Mike had a fight two weeks after this conversation, which I am delighted to share. He won in the first round with another devastating blow. If you're squeamish, it may not be one for you, but if you love fighting, boxing, MMA, then it's all over the internet and you might enjoy watching that one. But I wish him all the best with what's next and I would love to do more with Mike. He could take over Bellator, he could take over UFC and boxing. But he has so many ambitions, as he mentioned in this episode, around his work in the community, creating TV shows, becoming an actor and so much more. It was just such a pleasure to speak with him and I'm honoured to have him on the podcast. Next week, we have Dr. Rahul Jundial, brain surgeon, a very special guy from LA. And we talk all about his life lessons on his particularly unique path. I can't wait to share that one with you too. But until then, stay positive, stay motivated and take flight.